Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about eagerly desiring the gift of prophecy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it tells us to follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because prophecy can be used to strengthen and encourage others and to build up the body of Christ. So prophecy is a great gift. And we're going to be taking communion today, just asking for God, asking for this gift of prophecy. It will be functioning and flowing in our life, that we start functioning in it at a greater level from this point on in our life. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. My business got started was, got started great. It was going really well at first, but then I got into some tough times. Some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to the place of just going for a walk with my wife, telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to live. I just had all the weight and stress and pressure on, on me of the business. My life was very unbalanced. Shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month, and then you start back over again. And after doing this for a little while, one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, this seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we can pass on to future generations? After some time of thinking about it, I came to the conclusion, it tells us in Proverbs, that wisdom is the principal thing. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. I just began to document what he was taking me through. And he taught me this new way of living. Where we make him the source of everything. Getting connected to him, making him the source of everything. Doing life together with him. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. Because I had to learn to put off my old ways. To learn to do things in a new way. At time, I found myself in some impossible looking situations. Only to see God just come through over and over again as my trust in him just began to grow more and more. And over the course of about 10 years, I just documented what he was taking me through. And it turned into this whole series of books and courses and now partners that we have, we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. And out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe what he has shown me is the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life has the ability to create a turning point in our life, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Something very powerful about simply remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of everyday life, just remembering and not forgetting him, remembering our covenant with him and his sacrifice. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. 
So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord. With deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. All that he went through for us. But then it's also remembering the other side of the cross. What his sacrifice means for us. What he did for us. Connecting us back to God. Giving us this new covenant relationship with God. So the process we typically use. We start with about a two minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical, physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, all of our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes, expand our borders and our territory, expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes. And do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? How are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of our life today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and making them fun, bringing some presence and some energy into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt and slavery and bondage, to the promised land. They didn't just go straight there in one day. 
There were steps and stages and a process that they went through to get there. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think we go through a similar process. And very simply, I think it takes believing that God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And then it's being willing to move forward with him with that plan, be willing to take that first step of faith. Then we've got to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living. We make God the source. We learn to rest and we learn to trust in him to allow his plan to unfold in his beautiful timing. That's where these four fundamentals come in, I believe. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. I think it starts with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? you got to humble yourself like this little child. It's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today, one of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ, and God has taken everything that he has, and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him today. We've got access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, fellowship with God, fellowship with people, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. But then we've got to learn to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our lives. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. To magnify is to make bigger or greater. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in love in our hearts. Where we become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings that we face. The other basket full of our praises to God. Praising God for his goodness, his name, his power, who he is and all that he's done. Which basket are we going to fill up? With our thoughts, with our focus, with our attention, with our meditation, with our words. Which basket are we going to fill up? Filling up that basket of praise for who God is and all that he's done. I believe it's how we magnify that light and keep meditating on that. So we can magnify God's word, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works. We can magnify all the good things he's done for us in Christ and all the things that are going well. Looking back at all that God has already done because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Rather, in the face of issues and problems, is filling up that basket of praise, keeping our focus on him, because we, can, we trust that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. 
but he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that basket of the issues and problems and testings, meditating on it, thinking about it, venting, complaining, pouting, getting all sad and depressed about it, rather than filling up that basket of praise. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. The biggest one, you're going to have lack of fellowship with God, lack of fellowship with people. You might find yourself retaliating, withholding good things that you know to do for others, avoiding people, giving them the silent treatment, isolating yourself. On the inside, you have this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. you might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And all that weight and pressure and toiling on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry, frustration. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios, having flashbacks of all the bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit. It puts us in these vicious cycles that seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing because all those good things that he put in Christ just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And usually when we're in the light, we're much more present. Because we're resting. We can be more present in the present moment. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around. How do we do it? I think it starts with humility. It's recognizing, wait a minute, I'm off track right now. Father, forgive me. You receive that forgiveness from him. You forgive yourself in the middle. If you need to reconcile with somebody else, say you're sorry, forgive. You take those steps to get back in the light. And we start praising and thanking him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing at a greater level in my life. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And I believe one other shortcut that you can use to get back into the light quickly is to get more present. Presence is what I call the grace table turner. Just getting more present will bring you right back in a lot of times. Because we're often envisioning the future, worrying about the past. Just get more present. It can turn the tables quickly. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned into him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start with some filters at the top of my journal. These filters are just short phrases, maybe one word, just little reminders of God's vision and plan for my life, his standards that we're supposed to be walking in. For example, it might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And these filters, that short phrase, just helps to navigate us throughout the day when there's issues and problems. And I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. 
and then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question, God, what are you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned into him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection, just take one to two minutes, get more present with him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then the final thing I've learned to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. That leads us to our fourth fundamental. Do what you know to do today. I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting ahead of God. I'm toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. And the grace wasn't there. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's really easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action today. And so I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I began to start my days this way, the very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we get connected with him and start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at the scripture today. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through, looks like 5 on here. It says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. This comes right after the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So we see here, it says, follow the way of love. That's first. And then eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So speaking in tongues, he said, I would like every one of you to be able to do that. It's good. That's something we can seek. But a, a greater gift is prophecy. So we can speak to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort to build up the church. Through speaking in tongues, we can edify or build up ourselves. But through prophecy, we can build up the church. I think a combination of the two is probably what we need. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. Helping us to follow the way of love and to function in these gifts of the Spirit, both speaking in tongues and prophecy. 
especially prophecy, because we can build up the church, Lord. We're asking for your help to help us to grow in this gift of prophecy from this point on in our life consistently so that we can speak to others for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort, building up your body, building up your church. We're asking for your help to grow in that. We thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. Just think about God sent us his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself, even unto death on a cross. To go through all that he went through, the cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. All of God's anger and frustration poured onto the body of Jesus. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And now that same victorious power lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in his sight. We've got peace with God all through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness. It transfers us into the light. His blood makes atonement for our sin. It cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant, this blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about some workout stuff. In our workouts, let's say you're lifting weights, you're doing push-ups, whatever it may be. I think it's good to keep practicing at the current level that you are. You know, if you're lifting 100 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is, you keep practicing that weight until you get confident at that weight. Until you get confidence at that weight. Because sometimes we lift the weights, we're not 100% confident. When you get to that place of 100% confidence that I've got this, I can do this. It's like it causes this surge of progress to happen. But you got to get to that place of confidence. That comes through constant repetition, through practice. As you develop more and more capability. But you got to get to that place of confidence. As soon as you get to that place of confidence, it's like it causes this huge surge of progress. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com. <clears throat>